Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the fourth installment of the podcast. Podcasting. We've got your host, Dan Couche. And Bishmelo Kikowski. And Joe. Coming to you live from Carnegie. <laughs> now, we- Benno, what's today's episode brought to you by? What are we going to talk about today? We're going to bring you... We're going to go a little bit back to uh, the roots of where the podcast started and a little bit of a deep dive into a bit of an experience that your two hosts here had that partly inspired the podcast. So basically, um, I don't know if you guys would have seen in the news over the past couple of years, but there were these uh, sacred Aboriginal trees towards... uh, Eastern, Western Victoria near the Grampians that they were going to knock down to build to widen a road like a freight road pretty much um, all these nice trees one that was said to be 800 years old and to have birthed so they're actual birthing trees for the Aboriginal people that apparently some of them would have birthed up to 10,000 babies so they're like these trees like a bit of cove and it would be like a nice place to give birth so anyways, so it was a big kerfuffle back in the day um, when it was more ripe and protesters went there and basically protected these trees. Um, but when did we go, Katja? It was, uh, so <coughs> we went, it was, um, it was, it was during the two lockdowns, it was, sorry, it was between the two lockdowns, so things had opened up a little bit. So, <coughs> and actually it was a week before us going back into this, the stage three lockdowns, I think, a week right. or two before then. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we thought we'd go down there, check it out, see if they were still struggling or if the people were pressing ahead with the demolition of these trees and expansion of the road during the lockdown or if they were basically just continuing to fight. We were just curious. We were, uh, we had a bit of time on our hands. We were feeling pretty radical uh, lefty. Yeah. <laughs> We're reading a lot of news, and uh, you know, we thought we'd we'd go check it out. We thought we'd see some cool trees, and we thought we'd uh, have a bit of a cultural experience of somewhat or something. We should also maybe give some <coughs> context that you know we'd also gone to the to the Black Lives Matter protest. Like, um, was it two weeks before then? We were, we were pretty worked up. We were obviously sitting at home. I think feeling some emotions that we can see in other people now, like sitting at home, thinking about you know social justice issues, thinking about politics, thinking about, I guess, other, you know, other people, probably um, just a build-up of emotions. But anyway, we, we, were, we were quite the little warriors <laughs> at that point in our lives. But, yeah. So, we thought we'd drive out there and uh, basically just rock up and see how it was going. There was a website... They made like a bit of a makeshift website called the Jupwurrung Embassy where they had some information. They were encouraging people to visit. But the thing was that we realized was that the, the, the website was a little bit outdated. But nonetheless, they were like, yeah, we definitely need people to visit. So anyway, you want to? Yeah. I mean, th- there was a couple of little things that I guess now kind of started to add up. But like Benno said, the website was there. It was really average, obviously, you know, put together. I mean, we're, we're obviously not expecting it to be a good website, so that doesn't matter. At the time, we didn't think too much of it. 
Um, it seemed like very open language, very warm, inviting. Guys, come in, help the struggle, you know, all of that kind of terminology. <clears throat> They'd asked for a few things, like they weren't very, they weren't very good at describing what they need or the current situation. They were saying, um, you know, like bring things that could help, which is like, not like those, you know, plyboard things that you can turn into signs. They're uh, high, uh, not pens, paints, ten pegs. Um, so, so obviously, this has been going for two years. Uh, this battle, and it's kind of fluctuated in terms of what that camp has been and what that camp has needed and all that. But their website has kind of stayed um, as is, and and yeah, I think you know we had seen that, and we, there was no context to where they were at in this current moment in time from their website. So we just we just kind of assumed that that it was up to date and relevant and they still you know they still were inviting and wanting people to come by and check it out and so we kind of felt like I mean I don't know about you Anna but I felt like for me it was like it was really good to see something in person like obviously it's easy to go and um, kind of talk about an issue and and whatnot but but an opportunity to actually connect with people um, to, to connect with people um, going through a struggle and obviously to be honest in, like indigenous people I really have not had many interactions with, and I thought it. I thought it would be quite a positive thing to do. You know, interact and understand, sit there, listen. Yeah. So, so there's three different spots there. When you drive past, they've got a big kind of setup, and they've got everything kind of like they've got some they've got some signs and and basically like if you're driving on the highway, you could definitely see at least the main one. And then there's two other ones that are almost on side roads, but basically. It's like a mini makeshift campsite on the side of the side road, protecting these trees with a whole bunch of signs. So we thought we'd bring a few things. We brought like a signs and paints and like some pet tent pegs and we just like we didn't really know what to bring, so we just brought like a couple things to help build their presence there. And anyway, so we rock up to the first line. Is it recorded? Yeah, yeah, it's all good. Um we rock up to the first one and we're like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we get there and there's like, it's like a rundown campsite. There's like not that much going on. It was, it was filthy. It was like, it was really filthy. There was, um, there was like basically no one there except then there was this one chick that was there. Sorry, not chick, lady. And, and, uh, and then she was just like there. She was just like started making her breakfast. She was, she was, she was out of a hippie movie. Yeah, I was, I, to to describe her, she she was Brunswick. <laughs> she was very Brunswick, um, and you know, pretty much in every way, shape, or form. Um, she well, there's probably no point going into too much details, but yeah, basically, she was there and. Um, we we treaded very lightly. We were just walking around the campsite, kind of observing it all. Let her eat her breakfast. I think when even we came, she goes, she goes, oh guys, just have a walk around. I'm just gonna make my breakfast, you know, and then I'll come 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 talk to me. Um, but yeah. She said it as if like she was very encouraging. Anyway. So anyway, we have a whole chat about the situation with her. She's telling us about what it's been like there and how she's moved there and how she's living there for the past week and it was fucking cold like yeah. so fucking cold like i don't know how the fuck she lived there and she was like basically saying how she like likes like to basically not work <laughs> yeah and anyways anyways cutting to the chase we went to this one 
there wasn't really much going on. We, there was three spots. We went to the next spot. Wait, sorry, sorry. Just, just really important there. We met. We also met uh, another guy had arrived to the campsite for like a day trip, and his name was Nathan, and he's an important character throughout the day. Um, uh, but anyway, he was quite nice to us at the time. Is hey guys, and this and this. Also very hipster. Kind of give us a bit of background as to you know a bit more. I think he's been around for a bit longer. Like he comes there he and back for a few times. He stayed there overnight and he yeah. visited maybe three or four times. Yeah. Um, anyway, but we met him at the first campsite. Now, Benno, back to you. Um, so we go from the first campsite to the second campsite. We check out these trees and look, these trees are amazing. Like they're yeah. just fucking sick trees. No bullshit about it. It would be an absolute shame if they got chopped down. But there's a lot of nice trees. Yeah, no, they're, they're absolutely breathtaking. And I think sometimes, uh, I think since that day, actually, since I saw some of those trees, up until now, yeah, I'll be walking. At... Yeah, I was just, I'll be walking through a park and I wouldn't notice. I'd just be like, yeah, it's all nice. But when you kind of go there to see a tree and you just take in this tree, it was amazing. And I think since then, I've actually just like paid a lot more attention to trees that are just, you know, around us. Because a lot of trees are beautiful. But when you go to a place, you know, to spend time to looking at a tree. And to put it in context, an 800-year-old tree is fucking old. And that's like the same age of, what was it, the Notre Dame in the Europe oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that was about the same age, about 800 years old. And when that got knocked down, it got rebuilt in like five minutes, funded in like five minutes. Yeah. So they run parallels between, like, they basically explain how people put like a put like actual buildings for religious purposes on a pedestal compared to something like a tree or or a natural part of the world um that's also of religious significance and how that's somewhat unfair and i would definitely agree like it's definitely true that we have a bias towards buildings rather than other sort of spiritual or cultural um places anyway so we we go to the first spot, we go to the second spot, then there's like this other like hippie couple at the second spot. Then we go to the third spot, which is like this big open area. There's like this like almost like makeshift mini houses there. It's like full on. Um, we check out the other trees, which are also amazing. And then we're about ready to go home. And then the, uh, the big dog yeah. drives in. <laughs> So wait, yeah, so just for context, the whole the whole day, um, you know, people have been talking. Oh, like, the, the, there's like a leader, or you know, he's like a, I guess a young elder you could call him, and he's kind of been organising a lot of this. Is you know, um, and he's been described to us. In, uh, we but Ben has described him to Aton and I, who also went. Um, he told us the story of how you know he's kind of a bit of a poster child for the whole for oh, the yeah. whole so thing. He was- he was during when this thing was really going on he actually was in jail for 26 days but his only crime was like driving an unregistered car or he something? was driving an unregistered car or something and they put him in jail for 26 days and it was like kind of bullshit because it was like during the protest so like there's kind of like elongated the process and then eventually when they let him out the judge even said that it was too harsh of a penalty for what it was um, anyway, so he rocks up, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so he, he he rocks up, you know, and he's um he he rocks up and he's very um like like he just drives his Ute into this area. You can you can tell even from the way he's driving the Ute. 
I know that seems weird, but like he's just like he's just like malicious. He's driving it like you know he's driving through like muddy areas, just like not slowing down, and like you can tell that you know he's like he's coming in with a bit of vengeance. Um, anyway, he he drives in. He drives to this like other makeshift house, which is a bit further away from where we are at at the time. Um, he's there for about fifteen minutes, then and then um, and I think uh, Nathan was in that other place as well with him. Anyway, then him and Nathan start walking over to this, like, you know, tent where, Be- where Benno, Eitan, and I are. Um, with this one other person. With this one other girl. Um, and, yeah, and, and, and we could, just in the way he was walking, he, he was carrying some legal documents or some, you know, this, like, big binder of papers. Paper. Of papers. And um, he was walking, he was angry, like, you could tell, you know. But then, like, the, then he introduced himself to us. Shakes our hands with a limp hand. Yep, he gave us a limp hand, and he goes, you know, hey fellas, and he kind of had like a bit of like an aggressive tone. But he what didn't he really was, know to talk about this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, he wasn't saying anything aggressive. He had an aggressive tone, but he was just like, yeah, like you know, this is what we do. We're fighting for the cause, you know, this and this, and then, and he, and and also the way he was speaking was a bit cryptic and like, you know, in like, in like a very, I feel like he was trying to be a bit of a Martin Luther King, like trying to speak in a very influential way. But I don't think he was like well educated enough to like you know meet the language in his tone um he was anyway he was saying all of those things and then and he was pointing to the papers and he was like yep this is the system you know the system and gonna get gonna like, get a black man down or like something like something that something about the dominion the dominion and this and then that and then he's like if they take one kilometer of our land they could take six thousand of our land so yeah. we have to la 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 and then he's just like going on and on. He actually didn't give us a chance to speak. So then at some point or another, I don't know what prompted me, but I was trying to just exercise my active listening. And I was like, yeah, if they take one tree, then they can take a lot of the trees. Basically, that was pretty much exactly what I said. Yeah. Like, if they, so like, I was like, so one tree could be representative of many trees. And he was like, you shouldn't go assuming anything. Yeah. And yeah. he just like he was already like not very friendly, but I was just trying to like I don't know I couldn't tell if we were having a conversation or if he was just going to talk the whole time. It had already been like probably two minutes of us not saying one word. Yeah, at least, at least and he, then, he was monologuing hard for you know at least like two or three minutes. And 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 to be honest, as like someone who was there, obviously I'm I'm from Benno's friend and stuff. But like I, I, if Benno hadn't said something like that to like actively listen I think uh, myself or Aethan would have because it's one of those moments where we weren't we weren't able to talk so we felt like all we could do was be like yeah no I totally agree and show that we're kind of listening and engaged and 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 like in a normal conversation that that would be how people communicate he would be saying stuff he would be talking about an issue and you would be like yes like you know I understand and, and here's me showing you that I understand because this and this so it was a very reasonable um uh, conversation like uh flow anyway when benno said that he was like you yeah you know you shouldn't assume you shouldn't assume and it started like it started a little bit hostile but it just built he just he just fueled his own monologue yeah he fueled his own monologue he shouldn't assume and then i think that was when you know he kind of went on it started building and building in his tone and aggression um, and then my eyes like darting around. I'm looking at Aitan. I'm looking at Kotcha. I'm looking at Nate. 
pet Nate Dog. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and what actually, the fuck are we doing? Like, and, 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 and he, so I actually, do you remember, this was a very important part of the story that um, you, you looked at Nathan who you know who was just kind of he was nice to us up uh, the whole day kind of like, showing us around I was like is he gonna like help us here like what the fuck is going on yeah yeah so he was looking at nathan and then dt who was the who's the guy that was yelling at benno at this point was like don't look at him he's not gonna protect you he's not gonna protect you um he's you like, know yeah, what he, he's like he's not gonna help you like yeah i'm thinking like what the fuck do I need help for? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? I don't even know what to say to this guy. I don't even know what he's been going on about because he was not yeah. making sense. Yeah. Like, look, he was maybe making 20% sense. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I, I, was, I was understanding what he was saying only from his, like, tone and not at all from his language. Like, yeah, yeah. like his language was not making any sense at all. He was, he was talking like those videos that Tyler posts on Facebook, like the Dominion, this and this, you know, the overall this and this, and it was all incredibly and, confusing. And then, so he's talking to us. Wait, and how did it come? Oh uh, yeah, so so you know, he was talking. He was kind of going going at Benno for a bit, and um, and and so he was going on at Benno, and it was really started to targeting Benno. Um, and, and and so I so I just said yeah, it's going on for a while at this point, and and so I just said no, look. Uh, I, I think what he was trying to, what he was yeah, saying was I, he was I, agreeing with you. I was saying is what like I said. we agree, and then he's like, "What do you look at this Nate dog?" And, and then Kotcha's like, "He agrees," and yeah. then he's like, "To Kotcha, like Kotcha is like standing up for me." And he like flips on Kotcha. Yeah, he just he like, like did a turns his feet, turns his body, and then is angling towards Kotcha. Yeah, and is like. <laughs> He's like, if I had one of my brothers here, like they would be standing up for yeah, me. As yeah. if like Kotcha had done the worst thing standing up for him. And it, 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 as in like it was one of those things in like primary school when you're like, well, my uncle can beat up your uncle, and <laughs> and, and and you know. So, so I I had yeah. stood up. I had, I had said something, you know, just because this guy was going on about nothing for so long, and like it was just it wasn't fair to be honest. But anyway, he was going on about nothing for so long, and and so then I'd like you know say, hey, look. He actually was agreeing with you. Then he goes to me, turns to me and goes, Oh, were you standing up for... Don't stand up for him. Don't, well, why are you standing up for him? If my brothers were here, they'd be standing up for me. You know, and this and this. And, and I guess well, what I had said wasn't attacking him. It was just, it was just saying, hey, like, kind of he chill out. Like, Benno, yeah. like, like, your whole argument is based on you Benno disagreeing with you. But you partly said that because you were sick of listening. <laughs> well, I was sick of listening. Yeah. But, but, like, you know, you can be sick of listening. You can change the discussion a little bit. But... What you say needs to be considered in how you're treated. Yeah, like he, starts, he just did not stop going on and on. And he was like something about America being a part of Boston, Massachusetts. Oh no, no, no! He says and the Dominion. Yeah, he, and he emptying says, our pockets. Of, he said of white privilege before yes. we came here. So, oh, and well, well, as in I actually there was a lot there because the first thing he said was um, when I had said something, he was screaming at me, "Don't stand up for him!" This and this. And then he goes, now you listen to me. You go to that fence and you empty your pockets of all your white privilege and then you come back and talk to me. Um, anyway, like, didn't even get a chance to, even if I wanted to go and empty my pockets, didn't get a chance to because he was straight back into his rant. Um, he was about, also earlier on in the conversation, he was about five meters away from me. So I swear to God, he was sizing me up and down yeah. and he kept looking over to like my shoulder and I was wearing like North Face jacket and he was like looking at it and he was just like sizing me up being like 
these kids reek of white privilege. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what his whole vibe was. I could not help but feel like he was like, these kids are just, are the oppressors of, of yeah. my history. Yep. And, and, and yeah, you could easily feel that. And it doesn't matter what we had done or said, like, that's how we would have been um, treated. But, <clears throat> but then there was one bit that he said, you know, in his rambling, and this is just to give, to show that, like, you know, how, how, kind of he had all these ideas and and some of them were like were like kind of make sense but some of them were just like you know he wasn't good at projecting what he wanted to say he had said something like in his rant so without stopping between dominion and flipping to this and then you know white privilege and then he goes you know did you know australia is a registered company in the, in the you know in boston massachusetts or something like that um which i actually looked uh, and, and it was completely irrelevant to anything he was saying i guess he was trying to say like you know, it's all like a white man's game and, you know, they've got all these documents and stuff and they keep us in this system. They've got all these documents. Mind you, and he, they... he had papers in his hand and every so often he would like kind of hand dress them to his papers. So yeah. we suspected that he had come from some sort of meeting that day and maybe he was pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I mean, yeah, like we had made a few assumptions uh, when we were on the ride home that like he was holding papers. So either he was coming from a legal thing or... A, meeting with lawyers or something with the police or whatever. It didn't go his way. <laughs> it, it didn't go his way. And, and I think that becomes a bit of a theme later on when we kind of cut, dissected this as to like what happened. Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, you know, and he, was po- he kept pointing to the papers sometime and talking about how, you know, it's, it's a white man's system and, you know, and like how, how like, we're, we're, like he's forced to, to play in this system. Um, but that's not his system, and and like all of that, of course, makes a lot of sense. Anyway, um, but anyway so we've we've gone out there to get blood. He literally screened us from possibly fifteen to twenty minutes, and we said yeah. possibly five to ten words total between us. And all of those words were either Ben or agreeing, or when he started attacking me, I was just saying sorry to him. I was like, oh look, sorry, man, I, I didn't mean to. And he and every time I said sorry, I worked out after a while that he was not actually. It wasn't making him any better. He was getting more angry because he was saying like, you know, don't just this, this sorry, this and this. But anyway, there was just no way out. Effectively, we were trapped. And, anyway, so we had rocked out two and a half hours to be <laughs> social justice warriors. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not really. But we thought we'd go out there and like just like you know just just we, at, at the time we were getting pretty involved with with politics as yeah. well. Yeah. And we left. And it, uh, do you want to talk about how you feel first? Oh well, we were we were actually probably at the lowest. The three of us were were very low, to be honest. And the ride home, we were very low. And at first, we were like just kind of sad, like you know, it, because we were sad and defeated because. It's also like, when was the last time we'd be screamed at like that? Yeah, we haven't been screamed at like that, you know, in so long. And and I guess I guess that for for me, the I was really sad because like it was just like well, what's the point? Like you know, if if as in. <laughs> Like I'm someone with good intentions. There are so many people that I know in my close, you know, my close friendship group that would that would spit on this cause. And and so you know, like I guess I guess what well, I was quite sad well, it wasn't because the guy screamed at us, but because like you know there are people with like good intentions, and 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 like for me the, these guys not maximizing that because there, there is a goal, and it's hard for me. I look at things in a very pragmatic way, and maybe maybe that to his point, it's like this is how the white man looks at it, but. I guess I'm white and this is how I look at it. Like, like here's a goal. He wants to achieve it. And there are people there who can help him along the way and who want to. But, you know, you have to understand that, like, they're not going to know all the history and then they're not going to 
that uh, <clears throat> they're, not, they're not gonna like have have all of the background and um, uh, turning people like this away I think is really damaging so I think from that point I was just like look um, I was quite defeated because I was just like well you know fair enough I mean I've got so many of my own things to do and worry about like you know maybe maybe this guy kind of wants he wants these like Brunswick hipsters to come and live on his campsite so he can abuse them and and you know do all whatever he wants and kind of you know have his little like people who he can feel like he's exercising his power over and um you know reversing years of injustice well in order to do that you got to commit your whole life to it and not achieve anything else and so i guess for me i was just like all right well i'm kind of out i mean obviously he's not representative of everyone but it was a really poor experience because as someone who's not exposed to that you have one experience you go out you put yourself out there to have one really kind of you know crucial experience and that to try and motivate you to have more and you just look at that and you're like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to make generalizations and assumptions, but hey, you know what? I, I don't want to feel like that again, especially when I don't have to. Like, um, so yeah, that was, that was my thought pattern. So my experience, so also when we were in the first camp, we were talking to this other lady and we were talking about it and we were kind of like getting a vibe of what they were wanting and all that kind of stuff. And we're basically saying how they, like, like, basically, in the end of the day, like, the goal of the leaders of this, which is basically the Aboriginals, is, like, they wanted, like, no sort of budge. And I was kind of saying, like, oh, like, maybe if, like, these were a little bit more open to, like, the public or whatever, like, people would, like, see the trees and appreciate them and not want them to get knocked down and you have more, like, kind of attention. And she was like, yeah, but they, you know, they shouldn't have to, like, do that to protect them. And just, like... All, and like it was basically like which is fair enough but also just like going on and on about the, the, this story and I guess like I don't know like it was just it made me think about like how far gone people can get it, from either side of any sort of spectrum and how far away from a negotiation people can get especially when they're hanging out with people of like the same opinion and to me this was just the lefties on the far far left almost and that was like the vibe that I felt and it was like I felt like I was a lefty and they made me feel like I was a righty because I was an, an extreme lefty like them yeah and that we weren't like putting the, these things on like a pedestal and like wearing shitty clothes there and like not saying one word and like sucking up to people on arrival and stuff like it just made me feel like okay maybe our intent is to like check it out have an entertaining day donate a few things and like just check it out and have some fun but like it made me feel like that wasn't even good enough like we had to go there having all the facts and I had done plenty of research as well it, made, it just made me feel like they were just like not welcoming to new things and they were very closed off to any sorts of solutions um because there was like there was like an alternative road that was suggested to go like a different route which was like that's the solution that they should be going for right it saves most of the trees and it works and it's just an alternative and like that's what the farmers in the area that's what they speak about in the news everything it's a good alternative and apparently they don't want that yeah and it's just it's just it's just ridiculous because it's a, that's that's leading towards no solution, and it just made me feel like how far gone these things can go, and like you could just feel the intensity of this person and these people, like that they were just like so 
almost extreme to the left, which made me want to take a step away from extremism and into the towards the middle because you need to be balanced in whatever you do in life and in opinions. I think it's better to be center and leaning than far on one side or not. So that, that's what that made me feel. It made me literally, if there was a ruler and 50 centimeters, if it was a one meter ruler and 50 centimeters or whatever, 50 centimeters was the middle and then there's like zero centimeters left and 100 centimeters right, it made me a couple centimeters towards the middle. Probably more than a couple. I mean, for me it was more than a couple. Like, so, but but I uh, yeah, and I think that's great. Like, I think the the, the only thing I'd add to that is, um, uh, is that like, the, the the only thing I'd add to that is that like, um, uh, uh, you know, I also probably felt like, you actually have to listen to people, you have to pay listen to people on the right and have to listen to people on the extreme left, because you know if you just block them out, you're just gonna be like, it's my way or the highway. And the problem is that a lot of these people who are fighting for a cause and say my way or the highway they don't have any any power in the real world they live in and they still have these like really strong convictions they need you know like in order to achieve stuff there needs to be compromise and unfortunately you know i feel like this this, i feel like the other thing that i wanted to say before is that this cause was almost doomed because we we had seen that all right strong they had strong intent which is good they had no leeway which was bad they had no uh, no opportunity for like compromise, which was terrible, um, and obviously just by their interactions with us, they had no like willingness to to to, to you know even even welcome middle uh, center people to understand their cause. You know, so and, and you can say what you want about this, but we literally felt like we were judged as people of white privilege. We felt like they had one look at us, and we're like these are white privilege and these are the people that oppressed us but they didn't ever ask us any questions or or, or anything it was like a, it was like regardless of whether that's true or not it, it felt like a snap judgment yeah um and yeah basically it was just like i don't know it just made me feel like not it's not worth fighting someone else's battle it's worth just worrying about yourself and that made me well i guess I guess this is partly where you were like over talking about politics. This was potentially a little bit of a tipping point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I was like, well, you know what? Like, I think that it was a, it was a number of things. I think that the main thing for me was that like I was leading up to a point where, obviously, we're locked at home and all we're doing is focusing on one thing, which is politics at the time, and that's not good for anything. Like, it's not good for mental health. It's not good for just like generally well, your well-being. Well, no, well, for me, for me, for me, I can I can't talk about other people. For me, it wasn't good. Because, you know, just focusing on one thing, politics, like, it wasn't a good mix of, you know, of, of what I wanted to do with this spare time that I had, had a lot of spare time, and I was spending it all doing one thing. So for me, you know, I wanted to take a step back, but then also this was just like a nail in the coffin. I was just like, yeah, I definitely don't want to, I definitely don't want to associate with this for a while and take a break. Um, and we're like, we're like talking about it on the way back and then the next day we're like messing each other being like, yeah, we're still like fucking like rattled by all that. Yeah, for about a week or two we were pretty rattled. Oh, I don't know. I was rattled. I wanted to talk about it for like two weeks. Um, so anyway, uh, we're, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna pause here. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have our, our morning, morning break. Um, sponsored to you. Benno, who's sponsoring today's morning break? Sunshine! This break is proudly brought to you by Sunshine, the Victoria Melbourne Mood 
vibe enhancer for if you want to have a good day, just ask the sun to shine. <laughs> and we're back. So, basically, Kotcha, myself, and Aitan had gone out there to lend our lefty hand and be some little social justice warriors or whatever you want to call it. And the result was we got, we felt like we got judged, verbally abused, shat, spat on, and told to fuck off when our intentions were to help. This left us with a bit of a funny feeling. So when we were at one of the camp spots, there was this guy, Nate, who was there and he was meeting these other people and he was basically talking about it. And he was like exchanging Facebooks with someone and he was like, it's Nate, Nathaniel, same Mets, like same and then TZ. So we just like remembered. So when we left, we're like, we gotta message this guy and be like, what the fuck was that? Like, we, we did we do something wrong? Like, we just did not understand where we could have gone wrong. Except, like, we were kind of like, when, cause like, we, we spent a lot of the day like walking around looking at the trees and we're like making like jokes amongst us, but there's no one around. Like, it was just us. Like, but also the, the, the jokes were not disrespectful. Within, we were just, we were just, you know, amongst ourselves talking being about us. other stuff, you know, and, and there's no one else around us. And, you know, we we're in this like beautiful area. Like we weren't, we, we, definitely none of our jokes were like anything related to the issue or indigenous people at all. It was just... Anyway, so we couldn't help ourselves. So I messaged Nate Dog on Facey's and was like, yo, like, uh, I don't even know what I said. I was like, sorry if anything more like basically do you know what the fuck happened and he was like oh yeah like that was really rough like that was a rough first visit like definitely come back if you get a chance like i think that the best thing to bring is your presence um i i guess just like next time my biggest advice would be just to like make sure you like listen more and we're like true <laughs> like but, what but, the fuck do you mean listen but we didn't say a word you, you should also add that like yes he said all those things but the way he said it was like he was like 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 the sentences were not really making sense it was all very broad generic like you know kind of like statements of like of like he, he was basically like a motivational speaker like you know it, it was all very broad and general uh, he was like he was like oh you should read some books but i'll admit i bought five books i've only read 0.5 of one <laughs> yeah yeah he's like, he's like you know everything was like uh, like it, it just the way he was communicating was like incredibly difficult to um uh, you know to comprehend but also just like not want to it's difficult to like not want to punch him in the face because he was just like you know he was like i, I can't describe it and i mean we'll, we'll we we might actually share the share the the screenshots of the facebook combo with the group um just to give some context as to how the conversation went down um but yeah nothing was like particular he didn't answer any particular questions he was just talking all in like very high level um generic speak and then, was, yeah. and then, so we basically prodded more, and then he basically replied, being like, "Look, I wasn't sure if I should send this, but," and then he was like, "Look, I didn't really like your demeanor. You, he didn't say you stunk of white privilege, but yeah, but he, so he did not say that. He was like, a lot of the questions you guys asked, you could have looked up online um, before you came." Um, and, and also, just on that, we didn't ask any questions to 
DT. We asked it to the other white hippies um, yeah. who were on the campsite. And they were questions about what? Like about the trees. Relevant. It was all and, contextual questions. Yeah, and, 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 and about like the struggle and about what happens on camp and who lives on camp and, and how, how many people, people can have help been and what are their struggles now exactly. and how could we how could we tell people to help or help? Yeah. Um but, but he was saying he was saying say? that he was saying you should have done more research about that, as if we were asking DT about his about his his uh, grandparents and great grandparents and about you know their connection. We weren't asking we weren't even asking him anything. We anyway. couldn't get a question in. So we we basically he just basically blabbed on. We suspected that he might have said something to DT, which is like a total like stab in the back because he was like totally friendly and matesy to us before. And then, yeah, like when we were leaving the place, DT was like, I'm the boss here. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he was getting all like alpha male, like territorial big dog vibes on us. And then we're like leaving. He's just like staring us down and we just like fucked off him. Yeah. So uh, we were just like, he was screaming at us for about 20 minutes and we still hadn't said a word. And the second there was silence, we pretty much started walking towards the car. You know, like like we 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 went like you know the second there was a moment of silence, like we, which and we didn't want to give minutes. him another sniff to keep talking. Yeah, exactly. Like, you give him anything, he's just going to turn that into a twenty-minute speech about the Dominion and some shit that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, so we we were just looking for an opportunity to get into the car. He got into his car, which was parked close to ours, and uh, and he was like staring us down until we had left. And then when when we started driving, you could see he started driving off as well. Yeah. Now, in in their defense, firstly, in his defense, probably had a very rough two years. We know that um, it's probably been a very tough battle to fight, especially considering his own personal history, being from that area where most of the movie wiped out. So we can definitely acknowledge that there was a lot that was hard about it. But I think just like, look, from their perspective, we could say a lot. But I guess this has mostly been about our perspective and there's definitely like two sides to a story but it just made us feel like we just shouldn't help (laughs) that was the overarching feeling so um i think like if we were to do anything like that in 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 the future we'd probably tiptoe very carefully but nonetheless i think that our intent was to help and it was slapped back a bit Um, yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, uh, but I, I mean, I also think that I also think that like you know, it's a bit irrelevant to just help people from a distance. Like you know, to like I don't know, donate to something. And you know, I feel like if you're actually you know, if you actually kind of get to know the people, I think there's something really much more meaningful to that. Um, uh, but I guess going back to it, I just feel like well, you know what? Fuck it. I might as well just you know, if I make money, I'll just donate it and feel good about myself and. You know, but like not get involved because the people don't want you to get involved. Def- definitely left me feeling like worry about your own problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, because I like anyway. It was a very interesting experience. And now we. Uh, so I I don't know about Kutcher, but I feel like that sparked part of his wanting to stop talking about politics, and it kind of did like re- re- like it's like you can talk a lot about this and that but at the end of the day it's like what are you doing and what can you do in your smaller world that might impact the bigger world in turn like unless like it's voting, money to voting or donating <laughs> or influencing something then like I don't know sometimes talking about things so that's 
I guess ties into the original start of the podcast where it's like, what should we talk about? It's not COVID or politics. So yep. that's that story. Should we wrap it up then? I think, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. All right. It's a sunny day here in Carnegie. Hope you all have a splendid day. Happy Tuesday. <laughs>